Amen and amen. There is nothing better than our Lord Jesus Christ. We're really delighted that you're able to join us for this Palm Sunday service. Uh, as you uh, realize, it's not normal, but uh, it is the new normal for now, and we're delighted that you're able to be with us. We um, end a series today on the Lord's Prayer. And, and I begin with a story. Uh, a few years ago, I was in a conversation with a retired rabbi who told me that at the end of his career, uh, instead of taking care of a synagogue, he actually was a hospital chaplain. And our conversation was about how to do chaplaincy in a place where there were all kinds of different faith traditions. And he said to me, yeah, it was a bit of a challenge. I remember on one occasion, a person, when I entered the room, because he had requested a chaplain, I entered and I told him who I was, and the man looked at me and he said, I'm a Christian, uh, as if to say, we're not the same. And of course, the rabbi knew that they weren't the same, but he said with him that day, I'd like to pray with you. And I said, so how did you pray? And he looked at me and he said, we said the Lord's Prayer together. Now, he must have seen a little surprise on my face. He was from New York, and he was kind of straightforward. And he goes, what? The Lord's Prayer. It seemed appropriate. And besides that, it's a beautiful prayer. You know, the rabbi and I uh, have a fundamental difference of opinion concerning Jesus. No doubt about that, and we don't pretend. But we both agree. The Lord's Prayer, it always seems appropriate, and it's certainly beautiful. So we end our discussion of the Lord's Prayer today, and it is interesting that the Protestant version that's often said in churches ends with the words, Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. There's a sense in which that phrase, which is not in all translations, is circling back around to the beginning. Because at the beginning of the Lord's Prayer, Jesus instructs us to say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then at the end we say, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I also think it's interesting and appropriate that we have our last sermon of this series on Palm Sunday. Because you know what happened on Palm Sunday. Jesus came into the city of Jerusalem on the fowl, a colt of a donkey. And people around him were waving palm branches and throwing their coats down. And they were saying, Hosanna, which means save us. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Save us, Lord. There's a sense in which they were saying the Lord's Prayer. There's a sense in which they were saying, Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hosanna, save us. Be our Redeemer. 
Many people on that day hailed him as king, as the highest king, the king of glory. But later, some of them rejected him. The people who hailed him king, to a person on that day, they understood oppression. They knew what it was like to be a a people under the heavy foot of Rome. And they were hopeful that that oppression would end with the advent of the Messiah. They were aware of the prophetic revelations, the promises concerning Messiah. But ironically, a large group, if not a majority, of those people on that day, less than a week later, their words of save us, Hosanna in the highest, turned to crucify him, crucify him. Some of those people on that day who hailed him as king, they continued to follow him even after he went into Jerusalem. It's interesting to note, and have you ever thought about this, that the disciples on that day saw the coronation of Jesus, the very highest point of his ministry. And within a week, that coronation celebration had turned to a crucifixion. They followed the ups and downs of Jesus throughout his life. They experienced it. And quite frankly, they were desperately devastated by the loss of Jesus, by his death. They didn't understand. And as our New Testament scriptures say, some of them actually doubted that he actually had risen from the dead until it was made clear to them by Jesus' multiple appearances. But eventually, those disciples were infused with new life, the new life that comes from the Holy Spirit, a new understanding of Jesus and his mission, and a new understanding of their mission as well. The Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost helped them to understand in a new way that Jesus came to conquer, but not conquer as a Roman conqueror would. He came to conquer with the power of love. And so those people who followed him on that day and continued to follow him began to spread the word concerning Jesus, that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, is risen, that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, is present with us right here, right now. And he asks us to enter into that new life. They began to preach this gospel, and this gospel changed the world. You know, if you're going to be one of those people, as the disciples were, and as millions of people have been since the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, you've got to be a person who continues to follow Jesus by faith. By faith. The kingdom didn't come as they expected it would. And let's be honest. The kingdom hasn't come the way we expected it would. There are elements of the kingdom of God, the presence of God that we long to see, we don't see now. We live in the already and not yet. And we anticipate the fullness of God's kingdom. So to live by faith is to pray the Lord's Prayer. 
and to declare over and over again, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let me put it differently. Praying the Lord's Prayer is not just saying the words. Praying the Lord's Prayer is living the Lord's Prayer. It is, in effect, praying with our feet. And how do we pray with our feet? How do we live by faith in this present age? We do that by believing against all odds that God is in control. He's in control of our circumstances. He's in control of the crisis that we're walking through. He's in control of this whole world. He always has been sovereign and he always will be sovereign. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We walk by faith, believing against all odds that God is good and he's in control. How do we walk the Lord's Prayer? We walk by faith by living as people of the kingdom right here, right now. We walk by faith as Christ followers. We walk by faith when other people wonder, what in the world are they thinking? Why are they living this way? We walk by faith because walking by faith, praying with our feet, brings the kingdom of God to this world. We walk by faith by remembering that the resurrection was just the beginning. Just the beginning. The beginning of complete restoration of all things. We walk by faith believing that. We walk by faith and we plant seeds of the kingdom believing in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ to raise those seeds of the kingdom from the dead. And we also walk by faith. We pray with our feet when we testify or speak to believers concerning the resurrection. I guess it's the thing I miss the most with all of you not being here. Because every Sunday morning, you help me once again to believe in the power of the resurrection. So living the Lord's Prayer, walking the Lord's Prayer, means we encourage one another to believe in the resurrection. But my friends, that's not all. It's not just you encouraging me and me encouraging you and you encouraging fellow believers. Leaving, living by faith and walking the Lord's Prayer means being in the presence of others who do not believe and still witnessing to the resurrection. Oh, you may not pray the Lord's Prayer out loud. It might not be appropriate in your work context. But no one can keep you from living the Lord's Prayer out loud and praying it silently on behalf of those who don't even believe. 
This prayer, the Lord's Prayer, has been said by people on countless battlefields. It's been said by countless people on their deathbed. As a pastor, I've prayed it with people in crisis, more than I could number. And we pray it through life. We need the Lord's Prayer more than ever before. As a matter of fact, I had planned to end this series with all of us here. And you're at home. And I'll tell you how I'd planned to end the series. I'd planned to have everyone out there to slip into the aisle and hold the hand of the person next to them, right and left, until hundreds of people all over the sanctuary were united. And then I was going to say, let's say the Lord's Prayer together. The reality is we can't do that. Or can we? Can we, by the power of the presence of Jesus Christ, can we say this Lord's Prayer together? So here's what I want to invite you to do. I'm going to end this sermon by stretching out my hands as if you were here to pray the Lord's Prayer with you. And I ask you, even if you can't touch the hands of another, reach out your hands and pray the Lord's Prayer for you, your friends, your family, and the world. Will you join me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.